Welcome to the Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I have helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. Welcome to the Rachel Kujip Show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and coaching client, Laura Gosney, about how to use inclusive design in your business. Working with Laura is such a joy, and I'm always coming away from our conversations with ideas of how I can make my business more inclusive and accessible. So I want to give her the opportunity to share just a fraction of her insights with you today. But first, here's a little more about her. Laura is a soulful website designer, creating purposeful and strategic websites for conscious businesses and passionate creatives. She focuses on delivering personality-driven websites that are both meaningful and functional with a particular focus on accessibility and inclusivity. She believes that business can be a force for good and that a successful business doesn't have to be at the expense of people or the environment. Laura is passionate about empowering her community to make slow, intentional choices about their business that drives sustainable growth while being in alignment with their heart and soul. She believes in taking consistent, imperfect action towards a better world for everyone. Laura works with soulful small businesses worldwide but currently lives in Mianjing, otherwise known as Brisbane, Australia, with her incredibly supportive partner and very needy but loving rescue greyhound. I know you're going to get so much from this from this conversation with Laura, so let's dive in. I am so excited to talk with you today about inclusive and accessible design. It's a topic we always came back to on our coaching calls. And I love that you're always advocating for your clients to think about how design can support them to have a sustainable business. So I know that this term of inclusive design may be new for some listeners. So I would love to know, firstly, how do you define it? So I define inclusive design as kind of um, an extension of what we're kind of all basing our business on these days. So um, I know that you really believe in inclusive business and making um, sure that your values and your messaging really lines up with the values and the messaging of your clients and of your audience and things like that and kind of... um, putting that through everything that you put out there through your copy, through your content and everything like that. So having design be another arm of that is just the next logical step, in my opinion, of having a like strategically inclusive and like soulful business um, that does lead with values and talks about all the things that you want to talk about. And so it's as simple as it can be as simple as choosing 
you know, accessible fonts that are easy to read right through to making choices on your website design about how your contrast is going to appear, um, if things, how easy things are to be read by screen readers and things like that. So making simple choices right through to the more technical choices as part of a more holistic, um, soulful business. I love that. And you're so right. I feel like a lot of us are starting to care more about inclusive design practices because we are taking a step back. We're thinking about grow marketing, how we don't want to be a part of that anymore. And we're really unlearning a lot of practices or things we took for granted. For example, no, there's been a lot of conversations on pop-ups when you first jump on a website, pop-ups. I was never personally a fan of those. And I'm not mm. saying that they're not necessarily inclusive design, but for a lot of people, those pop-ups, even on mobile, like you can't get access to anything. You can't click off anything unless you like purchase or download is really frustrating. And I know we've also had a lot of conversations recently and you and I, especially about like those scribbly script kind of style mm. fonts and you know, I'm able to read those. I have glasses, but I'm still able to normally read those. But even I can't understand half of what they're saying, let alone if, you know, you're living um, with like a disability or vision impaired or just like any of us now staring at a screen all the time and going a little bit like wonky from looking at a screen. So I'd love to know, like, why do you think personally that business owners are starting to pay attention to these types of things? And especially in the last like year or so? Yeah, so I think we sort of know that ethical marketing is becoming more of a thing now and, you know, arguably it's a bit of a buzzword, but it also is tying into understanding the entire customer journey. So it's not just about having, you know, a, a place on the internet that's just, you know, a wall of text or it's just a place of information or, you know, just a glorified digital business card. It's about, that entire customer journey from the beginning right through to hitting the buy now button or signing the contract, however it is your business works and stepping out those steps and making them as accessible and inclusive as possible. Um, because it's one thing to be thinking about these things and to think, be thinking about how your language um, is inclusive and how you sort of, aren't triggering like um, panic or anything like that during your sales process to then making it as easy as possible for people to complete that sales process and making sure that the people who can complete that sales process aren't just people who have the same ability as you. And it's even, it's not even just people being able to read, like having good vision or anything like that, but even just um, as non-native English speakers, um, script fonts can be extremely difficult to make any kind of word out, understand what any kind of word is, let alone translating that in your brain from another language into English. Um, and as most of our businesses, especially service-based businesses are global, um, we need to be thinking about how our, um, yeah, how our business comes across, not just locally, but on an international scale and how that's uh, benefiting our clients and how that's attracting our clients and how that's making sure our clients understand that they are welcome here in our businesses and um, that we're not just only serving a specific demographic um, that's like capable of the same things that we are. And that's not saying that you can't have a demographic of I only want to serve these certain, certain people, but um, understanding that there are sub demographics within that demographic that don't have the same ability as you. 
I love that. And I think it's so important to think about all the different types of people you're trying to serve. Cause you're right. Like, even though we are trying to serve, you know, a niche, I'm all about niches, uh, listeners, and you know that, but like, you're so right. People in that niche still have different abilities, different needs and different ways of, like you said, going through the customer journey. Some of us scrollers and we just book the call or buy the product others I know a lot of my clients literally read like sales pages word for word are wanting to print stuff off are wanting to have the sales call and if it's not clear throughout that entire journey what the next step is it makes it really confusing and frustrating for them and for me Um, and I know that a lot of my clients that I work with are like why isn't my client doing x y and z and then when we actually look at their design we realize although They've said what they want their client to do next and perhaps that they've mapped it out in their own head. Their design's not actually supporting that process. So what do you see are the benefits of inclusive design? And I guess what I'm trying to ask you is like, what's in it for business owners and their clients and communities? Like, why should we care? I think we should care because we know that our clients care or our customers care rather because everyone is becoming more and more aware of what's happening around us. And especially um, over the last couple of years when we've all been stuck inside, I feel like we know more about each other than we kind of ever have before. And the benefit of that is that we can understand better what we need to do in order to serve those people. And obviously we all want to be able to make a connection with um, our community and stuff like that. And our customers kind of expect that at this point. Um, it's people who are staying, not, nece- not necessarily in every case, but it's businesses that are often staying like a step back and staying aloof from all of the issues that affect us day to day that are becoming more and more obvious of opting out of that conversation, I guess. And um, for a lot of people who are looking to shop more ethically or more inclusively, um, those people are noticing that th- those businesses are staying out of that conversation. So as far as what's in it for us goes is um, making sure that our audiences, our ideal clients, our ideal customers understand that they're in the right place, that they feel welcomed and understood and seen in um, a way that makes us the no-brainer choice. If it's between me and another website designer who has never said a word about inclusive design or never said a word about climate change or sustainable fashion, whatever it is, um, I know that my ideal client is going to be more likely to choose me because people want to work with um, people who align with their own values and like calls to like. So if you're infusing all of that stuff from the very beginning, um, you know, from your core messaging right through to your website design and through to your social media design and everything like that, then that is what is calling to your clients and your customers. And it's not, you know, one little um, thing every way. It's like a big picture, big picture view of who you are as a person and as a business um, calling those customers to you. And do you have any specific examples that you can share about how maybe we can do that? So if you're like, you know, listeners are sitting here and they're like, okay, cool. Like I care about these things. You know, I say it in my copy. I tell people in my sales messages on my discovery calls, but wait, like, is this actually reflected in my design? Like, 
what are some things that they could do or should be looking for to make sure that they really are having a holistic approach to inclusive design? Yeah, so I think having like a really solid understanding of that customer journey, as we've already talked about um, a little bit, and how everybody, not just people who have the same ability as you, is able to complete that customer journey to the best ability is the best place to start really because a website is strategic and it should be strategic it's not just about making the most beautiful thing although websites should be beautiful um it's about you know strategically getting people through your website to complete the action that you want them to take and so if there are things standing in their way like you already mentioned pop-ups pop-ups are great they're effective as, as annoying as they are, as much as people say they don't like pop-ups, they do actually work. They still have like a 60% conversion rate or something like that. Um, but so they can be used and they can be used effectively, but making sure that they're easy to exit out of on every browser, not just the browser that you use and not just the mobile phone that you use. Um, and I see a lot of people, it's called... Um, it's called like black UX. They try and hide the X button in like a really faint color so they'll have like a white pop-up with a really light gray x button or a really light no thanks or something like that so it makes it really really hard for people to actually see the action that they want to take to get rid of that pop-up and then having that pop-up then be followed up by another pop-up and another one and another one and then you scroll down a little bit further and something else happens or you try to exit the browser and then another pop-up comes up Um, all of these things are adding up in creating a less than desirable customer experience for the customers on your website. And then if we take a look at fonts, as we've talked about, people are squinting at your screen because the the colors are too faint or the, the line spacing isn't there or the font's just too small. Script fonts, all of those things are again contributing to a poor customer experience. And they might, you might think that it looks really pretty, but, you know, pretty doesn't pay the rent. Um, in a lot of cases. So it's about thinking about all of those little things that seem like little things as you look at them one by one, but then taking a step back and looking at that big picture and encouraging um, encouraging each other to look through each other's websites um, so that we can kind of, you know, assess each other's attempts and so that, you know, what I see isn't necessarily what you're going to see and that sort of thing. Um, so if you don't have access to a designer or something like that, who can think about these things for you, get like get, get together with your friends and take a look through each other's websites and see how easy it is to complete that customer journey and what things are more difficult for some persons to complete than others like that. I love that. And you hear me say all the time, you know, it's great that you want to look the part, but you need to act and think the part too. And so to have a really like, ethical sustainable business you need to think like an ethical and sustainable business owner and that means taking a step back and putting in that final touch point that final bit of work at the end when you do any marketing or any branding or any design and actually testing it out it's something that I always recommend to my clients too is to get like even a partner to do it Mm -hmm. um, who obviously is like hopefully fingers crossed the biggest fan that you have. I know my partner is. And so he's willing to like do the hard work to figure something out. But if he's still coming to me being like, what the hell does that word mean? Or that didn't work on my Android phone. I have an iPhone. 
then I know that even my most like loyal, like loving customer, if they're not willing to do the work there, there is a lot that I need to do as well as just like peers and friends. And I've even asked past clients in the past to give feedback on different experiences, different design, different branding, so I can see where I can improve. And so I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of us just tick it off our list. Like, Mm. cool, we've done it. It looks good, but then we need to actually test it out to make sure it's doing everything that we want it to do. And I think that's a good point that it's not just, you know, one and done. You're not just finished with being inclusive. Like you've done the, you know, you filled out a questionnaire or whatever, you've defined your values. It's not just that you've done it. It's like a work in progress and it's about making small changes all the time and being open to learning as well. Cause I know that so much of this is really new to a lot of people. Like I've been in marketing for like eight, nine years now. And so much of this is really new to me as well. So much of like the sales strategies, the ethical sales strategies and stuff like that is so different to what I originally learned. So the same, it's the same stands for reason with um, inclusive design and inclusive websites and things like that. We're all learning and we all have an opportunity to make the next choice a better choice than the last one that we made. Oh, that's so powerful. And it's such a beautiful segue into my next question, which is like, I just love hearing about all of your stories and learning more about this topic from you because as someone who works in like marketing and communications and have for years, I've always dabbled in design, but it's definitely not my forte. And I feel like I'm always learning more by hanging out with you. So if you feel comfortable, I would love for you to share some examples of how you've helped businesses use inclusive design and perhaps some of the success you've been able to help them achieve. Yeah, so um, an example that kind of leaps to mind was one of my clients had a website that they were actually quite happy with to begin with and they were just sort of like, see what you can do kind of thing. It was a, a, I don't know if this needs any help, but I just have a look kind of thing. And what I found was that they had a lot of text that was very small and very bunched up in columns all next to each other. So it was basically just a rectangle on the screen with a few pictures and just a lot of text all around it. So what we did instead was um, pull out the key messages from all of that text and then space it down the page so that there was lots of white space around it, heaps of um, space for people to scroll and very clear buttons and call to actions in between all of that text to get people to do the action that they, um, the owner of the business wanted. So, which was signing up for a free um, trial. So making all of those things really clear and easy to read and spaced out. So we increased the font size. We actually changed the font style so that it was a more legible font. We um, sectioned off important information. We created very clear call to actions with um, with introduced the use of buttons because there wasn't actually any buttons on the website. They were relying on the menu as the main navigation, which is not an effective user experience. And that actually, they actually pretty much immediately saw an increase in inquiries and that launched over a year and a half ago and they've steadily gotten more inquiries every single month. Since then, it's a very small local business and it's um, it's not like service-based or anything like that. It's on-site, so it's um, slow growth, but it is steady growth and that has been increasing steadily ever since we relaunched the website. That's amazing. And it goes to show how these changes again, that you're making, like you said, it's like an ongoing process that you will see immediate results, which probably get to in a minute of some of the hesitations people have about making these changes. 
but it's about doing it for the long term, right? Like if you really want to be a profitable and sustainable business that really serves your clients and community for the long term, that it makes sense to start investing in inclusive design now because you'll see the benefits as well as your clients, right? Because if you're not thinking about inclusive design and making it really hard for them, think about all of the people that this business would not have been able to serve. So yes, they're making money, you know, getting more recognition, visibility, all of the good stuff, but all of the people they're able to serve now, because I think so many business owners, and correct me if I'm wrong, you might hear differently, sit there and they often blame different things or say it's not working for me why is it so and sometimes it can literally be as simple as spacing out your text which is like what I do all day every day for my clients it's the copyright I mean it's like cool we're going to add a space here we're going to space there and buttons right like I don't know about you but so many websites still don't have buttons and you just shared then like the most what I would call basic of changes but like what Mm. an incredible result you got for them Yeah, I think a lot of businesses are nervous about using buttons. And I've heard this before from my clients as well, that they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to be like, you know, buy now, buy now, buy now. But you you do need that there, whether you use buy now language or whatever language you decide to use with your copywriter. Um, The buttons need to be there because you need your clients to know what action or your customers to know what action they need to take um, in order to proceed um, in work with you. And so being really clear with those call to actions and um, being really clear with the buttons as well, this is where I actually find having different colors of buttons can be helpful. So, you know, for your higher priority goals, have the really eye-catching buttons. And then if you've got lower priority goals, like, so your highest priority is buy now, but your lower priority is follow me on Instagram. Those buttons will look different because you want to draw the customer's attention to the the high goal action and you want them to be able to easily take that action so I know some people think buttons are pushy and scary and things like that but it's an essential part of conversion based um, website design yeah I love that you pointed that out and I think that kind of ties into one of my questions which is the biggest hesitation for clients I really think it is for mine as well that they don't want to be pushy and salesy when in fact they're doing a disservice by not making it really clear about what action to take next and I love that you shared even something as simple as changing the color of your buttons can make you feel really good and confident in your goals but also it breaks it up for the client and so they can see what action they might want to take what's resonating with them in the moment and then that you know by no means sounded salesy or like pushy at all. If business owners are like listening to this um, and they're wanting to include more like ethical, accessible, inclusive design practices this year, what are some questions that they can ask themselves so they don't like get overwhelmed by the process? So they don't think, oh my God, Laura's asking me to like overhaul my like entire website, all of my branding, like help. Like what can they ask themselves so they can just start slowly and keep building on it? So um, I'm all about small steps so taking as I said taking small um, steps every time you make a decision to make a better decision and so that literally can just start with changing the color of your font so if you're currently using a light gray font or you're using white on pink on a light pink or something like that which is very common at the moment actually thinking about how that might look to someone who doesn't have 2020 vision and there's um a statistic as well that um, users over the age of 45 are increasing because 
globally in in the western in the english-speaking world anyway we have a, an aging population so the number of users who are over the age of 45 which is when we, most of us will notice a disintegration of our um eyesight um if we haven't already Yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah so knowing that we all are getting older we've all got an aging um population across the western world and that demographic is increasingly going to become a part of your business unless even even if you are targeting a younger audience like teenagers or whatever you're still going to have to convince the adults that that's something that needs to be bought so just thinking about how you can um, make that easier for parents or for your customers or anything like that. So increasing your font size, um, changing the color of your fonts, using scripts in moderation, because they are beautiful and they do have their place. I have a script font in my own design as well, but it's um, a very legible one. I always make sure that the text is quite large and that it's only used sparingly throughout my website things like that just things that are very small and easy to do that anybody can do whether you're a designer or not and just trying to do better every time and do you have any tips for listeners if they are wanting to work with a designer such as yourself like perhaps some questions they should be asking to make sure the designer is going to be considering inclusive accessible and ethical design yeah so um i think it's just important to even just ask that simple question of how do you um, ensure that my website is going to be as accessible as possible to as many different people as possible. And um, that includes things like speed, because speed is an accessibility issue, alt texts, the kind of images that they use and how they use them, um, how they're ensuring that those images are going to load quickly how they're going to make sure that the contrast between colors, background and foreground colors are optimal for, again, people with poor eyesight and um, how those call to actions are going to read to people um, of any background to ensure that that conversion can happen. So all of that stuff comes into functional and accessible design. Yeah, your designer should know at least a little bit about all of that even if it's not their focus it should still be at least a little bit part of it because even aside from the accessibility it's actually seo friendly as well to make your because google wants your website to be accessible um, they don't want to serve websites to their their users that aren't accessible so it's yeah it's in your best interest either way to make sure that it happens um, so yeah there's some really good questions and just things to think about and I think it comes back to our point as well that you know you need to be the CEO of your business so you need to actually be asking to be thinking about this making sure it's happening because you're right like most designers I work with definitely take that into consideration but there are some such as yourself that are experts in this space that really do make it a top priority and I think if that's something you really um, like interested in and really want to prioritize and it's best to ask those questions to make sure that that is like a consideration if you're going to get someone to update your website or your branding generally. So if you want to listeners to take away one thing about inclusive design, what would it be? Uh, that it's not as scary as you think it is. <laughs> it's, I know it seems probably seems like just another thing that we have to worry about, but it is 
like it does get more complicated the further you go into it but when you're just starting out it can just be that simple one small change one small step one small commitment to being better and being more inclusive and um, more accessible is going to be a snowball effect and I can almost almost guarantee that you'll see uh, a result fairly quickly um, even just making these really small basic changes and not even just on your website on your social media as well um, like on Instagram ensuring that your alt text is correct and everything like that it makes a difference and um, as I said even with Google and Facebook as well they want their content to be accessible so making sure that it's accessible is only going to be um, in your favor yeah I agree I mean I'm still making changes and first admit that I don't always you know keep all of them and I'm trying hard just like everyone else and trying to do better and each week and each month um, myself and my team prioritizes something different for making the podcast you know scripts better to being able to download these interview scripts and have those when listening to the podcast to trying to use alt text more in Instagram you know location all of those kind of things it's not yeah always perfect but it's about trying to do better and setting aside like just a couple of minutes each week and like each month like I said has made a huge difference for my business and for the types of clients that I'm able to call in the types of people that I'm able to work with and just the general feedback um, things like the coaching program and other like workshops and things that I run having you know like captions on zoom all of those things Mm. together along like Laura said with design is going to make a really huge difference to the customer journey and just making sure that everything that you say that you're doing thinking and feeling is actually happening in practice one thing I noticed um, from the work that you and I did together last year because I completed TCFM before I did one-on-one coaching with you and the I think this is the first course I've been in that I've noticed um, this happening but you provided the transcript for all of your videos so um, even if people aren't visual learners so they don't want to watch a video it's there and that's the simple response and then the more in-depth response is that not everybody can watch videos not everybody can hear videos so having a transcript there is such like a simple and obvious thing to do but it's not something that people are necessarily thinking of and it's just made your content that much more accessible um and so I thought that was a really impressive step to take and just one that I haven't really seen other people doing even though it does seem like a simple one to make Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, going slight tangent as we wrap up this episode, it's also about people's learning styles. So being accessible is just not only thinking about how can I help people different needs to me, but just simply different learning styles. So some people are visual learners, some people like to read things, some people like to hear things. So like, again, with all of your content, your design, thinking about are you just catering to like the general population and the different types of way that they like to learn, engage and work with you? And I think even if, you know, talking about inclusive design feels too much, if you just asked yourself that simple question, like how do, how do I want to engage with my community, how they want to engage with me, you would just make naturally so many, you know, better, more inclusive design decisions. And that's the approach that I've always taken. I'm always trying to do better, like transcripts actually, live on the video is even better. I've worked with clients 
um, with hearing loss. And they've told me that is the best experience. So that's what I endeavor to do. And so I think, again, like you said, I started off with transcripts, worked with different clients with different needs, different learning styles, and I've slowly built on it. Not perfect, but I think um, always in the back of the mind, I'm thinking about how I can do this better. So thank you so much for coming on the Rachel Kujip show and sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I just know listeners are going to get so much out of this episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.